I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the Virginia governor's race, school rape and parents' rights. Senator Wendy Rogers of Arizona joins us to talk about Arizona audit truth and Dems auditing innocent Americans' bank accounts. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I want to call to your attention, I think a lot of you probably know, that in the great state of Virginia, they're having a race for governor. The election is actually next week, November 2nd. And the incumbent Democrat governor is not eligible. He's term limited. So we have two candidates vying for the governor's seat. Now, I got to tell you, years ago when my husband and I moved from California to the Washington, D.C. area, our realtor said to us, let me just cut to the chase. Democrats live in Maryland. Republicans live in Virginia. She wasn't supposed to say that, but she did. And so... Virginia, and it was true at that time, this is in 1996, 95, 96, that it was a, you know, kind of a Republican state. But now we, it's a very Democrat state and in large part is because people who live in uh, the Washington DC area, all of not just the elected members of Congress and the Senate, but the astonishingly, you know, bloated bureaucracy in Washington filled with leftists have migrated to the northern suburbs of Virginia, and they've turned their state blue. And there's another thing I want to mention before I get to the point of this story, which is this idea of progressive privilege. You know, we endlessly have to hear about white privilege and every other idiotic privilege, right-handers privilege, all these privileges are left things up. But really the most prominent privilege you can imagine in America, that's evident in America, is liberal or progressive privilege, meaning progressives and liberals can say anything, do anything, assert the most absurd theories, and everybody just goes, well, okay, they, they said it, so it must be true. It is a failure of reason or an unwillingness to examine on the part of the media and the people this progressive privilege pervades our society. So we have, of course, the idiotic examples of a transgender explosion and transgender rights being the most important thing school boards ever look at. So we have in Virginia, you had the uh, case involving uh, a, a boy, a, a young boy, a teenage boy, anatomically male, functioning male body parts, who was allowed to dress up as a girl and use the girl's locker room uh, and bathroom in his school because he said he was transgender and he was credibly accused of rape. A judge just came out this week and said, actually found him guilty of raping. While dressed in a dress in the girl's room, a boy raping this young girl at school. All this ties back to the governor's race, which is to say this. This is a little bit like a test of how far can progressive privilege go? How far do the absurdities of the left get to just, they get a pass. There's no reason required, no logic, no truth. They say something is true. Transgenderism is the, you know, the national epidemic. We have to let any boy who wants to dress as a girl do that and use a girl's locker room. And any parents who question it are indeed you know, homophobic, transphobic, or some other stupid thing they think of. So now back to the governor's race. 
in this governor's race. One of the key issues that has emerged in Virginia is the difference between what the Democrat and Republican candidates say about the parents' rights to have any kind of input at their school boards. You actually had the Democratic candidate, Terry McAuliffe, basically say in a debate, you know, parents really have no say what's taught in the schools. He was agreeing with the parents, agreeing with the school boards who want to shut down parents. So parents trying to protest critical race theory in Virginia, trying to say stop teaching our children to hate each other based on race. Parents challenging transgender policy should just, according to the Democrat candidate, just shut up. This was basically what the Democrat candidate said. And of course, Republican Glenn Youngkin saying, actually, parents have a huge say what happens in public schools. So I really think it's an interesting race to look at. Does the progressive privilege extend to anything the Democrats say, or is logic going to seep its way in to the Democrat party voting base and say, wait a minute, you guys are lunatic. Two other things massively important as we watch this election of next week. One is former President Obama showed up and was a, uh, giving speeches on behalf, trying to support uh, Terry McAuliffe. Obama actually said in his speeches that concerns about school rapes, porn, learning loss, all these things that parents were complaining about, learning loss, meaning schools closed too long due to COVID, are fake outrage. Obama's taunting parents, taunting parents who are concerned about CRT, the intentional teaching of racism, parents who are upset and concerned about the, um, you know, the transgender rights. And so you have, and this wasn't the only case, by the way, this wasn't the only case, only really got national attention because the dad would not shut up, the dad of this girl who was raped by a boy dressed up as a girl, really called, got called national attention to the case. And the one last thing, while I'll close out this first five, I just can't wait to watch how this race comes out, is that even in this era where all over America, focused, informed American citizens are aware of the massive, seemingly massive election fraud of 2020 and trying to draw the attention of legislatures and the people to the kind of tactics that the left polls and it isn't just Democrats, although in many cases it is, leftists poll to try to win elections when they don't really have the majority and they wouldn't win if there were a fair election. So even after all this attention in 2020, here we are in 2021, we had a Virginia governor's race and we have the, the, <clears throat> the Fairfax County Electoral Board. So biggest county in Virginia, Fairfax County Electoral Board being sued, lawsuit filed last Wednesday because election officials are accepting applications from mail-in ballots that don't comply with state law. State law says you have to have the last four digits of the person's social security number. State law on the application to get a mail-in ballot. State law says you have to have a signature to get the application to, on the application to get the mail-in ballot. And in the county of Fairfax, largest county in Virginia, Fairfax County Electoral Board are just ignoring these, just ignoring them. They're receiving applications that don't meet state law. And in Virginia, state law is crystal clear. You have to have these things. They're sending out the mail-in ballots. They're already getting mail-in ballots back. They already have over 500 mail-in ballots back that didn't meet the requirement of the basic 
got to have your last four digits of Social Security, have to have a signature. And I close out this commentary about the, the Virginia governor's race by saying this, you have to understand that the Democrats in Virginia and in many states around this country absolutely feel entitled to win. That anything ends justify the means in the midst of all of the attention of the illegal conduct of electoral boards around the country in key states and in Virginia, these people still ignoring them. And now, of course, even if the court were to rule that they, and, and even after this lawsuit was filed, Fairfax County Electoral Board just keeps on mailing out ballots in response to mail-in applications that don't have the social security digits on them, the last four digits don't have a signature. They're just ignoring the law with audacity and boldness. And they're doing this because they think the courts will back them, will back them. And they, even if they get a court to say, hey, you really shouldn't be doing this, they already have a bunch of votes in, in Fairfax County that were allowed, people allowed to cast ballots who didn't meet these standards. And the standards aren't there to be nitpicky. The standards are there to make sure that we actually have fair elections, one vote for every legal voter, no votes for illegal voters, and that so the person who's voting should have a social security number. But the audacity, I just think this Virginia governor's race, the combination of, of Obama trying to convince voters in Virginia, parents are just, it's his faux outrage, fake outrage. The Virginia, the Fairfax County Electoral Board continuing to ignore the law and allow people to cast mail-in ballots uh, without proper authentic um, authentication. This is really a test. Is there going to be the backbone of the courts to stand up? And will the people of Virginia finally penetrate through progressive privilege and just say, we're not going to keep electing people who think parents don't have any say in our school boards? And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I have a guest joining us today. She's joining us via Skype in just a moment. She's Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers. Now, at a recent meeting in Tulsa, uh, I met her a few weeks ago. She's been among the more outspoken uh, senators in Arizona on the subject of election integrity. So I want to welcome her to the show, and I want to tell her a quick story and then and get her reaction. So please help me welcome Wendy Rogers. There she is. Hello. Good to be with you, Debbie. Good to see you. Okay, so I have to tell you this true story. I said, my dad used to love This is a true story. So my husband and I, over the weekend, uh, were at Starbucks, and <clears throat> we got our drinks. We went outside, and we saw this older gentleman who's there all the time, and he's often holding court, talking to his other kind of senior citizen friends. But he was sitting by himself. We decided to be friendly, so we, and we don't know him real well. But anyway, we sat down. So the first thing he asked was, so uh, how's your uh, talk show going? How? He said, what's it called? I said, America, can we talk? Said, oh, yeah, how's the talk show going? Cutting to the chase, he uh, he said, what do you talk about? Tell me some topics. So I was mentioning the border and military policy. And, and, and uh, he said, well, I'm just more concerned about democracy and the Constitution. I said, oh, love the Constitution. I'm just concerned too. Bottom line, Senator Rogers is, he went on a rant about the state of Arizona having wasted time and money engaged in this idiotic audit uh, because the entire context, the entire argument that there was election fraud in 2020, outcome changing election fraud is absurd, ridiculous, it's a right-wing talking point, you know, just, just could not have been, he was livid. And even when I was saying to him, well, you know, do you know about this? And he said, no, they, they did the audit, they did the audit, found nothing wrong. 
And I said, well, that's not actually true. I'm trying to explain to him. It caused me to realize how powerful uh, right-wing media, I mean, I mean uh, left-wing media is, media that just keeps, because he kept saying, you're smart people, you read, you've seen the headlines. They found that Biden won, he won Arizona, just like, just like they said. I said, no, actually, that's not what they found. So anyway, I want to tell you that story to say, I think there's widespread misunderstanding of what the Cyber Ninja auditing firm found in their Arizona audits. I'd love to have you and just take your time and lay it out. What did the Cyber Ninja auditing firm find in the Arizona audit that was inconsistent with a fair and honest election? Well, again, great to be with you. I'm uh, talking to you from our home near the Capitol in uh, the Phoenix area. I represent Northern Arizona from Flagstaff. The Cyber Ninjas audit, uh, as you call it, was actually done by Cypher, Cyber Ninjas, uh, a whole host of subject matter experts, and also 2,000 uh, Maricopa County volunteers who actually voted in the November 2020 election. They were vetted, background checked, and never asked once if they were a Republican or Democrat. And this sprang from a hue and a cry last November from constituents all over Arizona, uh, predominantly in Maricopa County, who had sworn testimony after sworn testimony that either they voted and their vote didn't show up or count, or they didn't vote and it did show up. Uh, massive numbers of ballots mailed to their home when those people didn't live there anymore. Uh, all kinds of indicators of corruption and fraud. So we had a hearing at the end of November last year where Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis came out uh, to help us interview in an open hearing uh, for nine hours, I think it was. I was sitting in the front row. I had not been sworn in yet. I was elected but not sworn in uh, to hear these uh, this litany of testimony. And then a vote was taken within the Arizona State Senate and it was taken as uh, 16 Republicans voting for a deep dive cyber forensic audit. This is not just a recount, which your elderly gentleman seems to be under the impression of, which the left seems to perpetuate the myth of. Uh, this was an analysis of each ballot, uh, four features of each ballot, whether or not the oval was filled out by a human, for example, with a microscopic capable camera uh, to determine that, uh, whether the printing lined up, whether the watermarks were valid, uh, how many ballots were in a box compared to what the receipt said. All kinds of forensic uh, measures were uh, taken to audit, again, audit, not count, but audit 2.1 million ballots. And what is really telling is that the Maricopa County supervisors, four out of five of whom uh, were purportedly Republican, how they stymied us and thwarted us at every turn, uh, took us to court four times. We were upheld in court four times. Uh, they tried to break the chain of custody and dump the ballots off at our doorstep, as it were. Uh, we uh, worked through that and maintained the chain of custody. Uh, they said we could look at the machines at their location, then they changed their mind. Uh, we ended up having to rent the Phoenix Coliseum at the fairgrounds and uh, undertook the largest 
really a gold standard audit of epic proportions ever undertaken. And oh, by the way, every profession known to the United States <laughs> is auditable except for the vote, except for elections. And so on the 24th of September, just recently, a month ago, the audit team gave its final uh, hearing of uh, many of the data sets that they found. They found tens of thousands of ballots were cast uh, illegally by either people who were dead or people who uh, weren't allowed to vote, who may have voted after the deadline, uh, people who moved outside the county. The, the election uh, ballot envelopes that came back, thousands did not have signatures there, uh, according to your uh, opening on the Virginia situation similarly occurred in Maricopa County. Uh, the data on the envelope wasn't where it should be, yet those ballots were counted. Uh, at last count, 50 to 60,000 ballots for sure were corrupted. Biden supposedly won by 10,300 votes. And this is all to say that just on initial impression, we have tens of thousands of known corrupted ballots more than what uh, the race was decided by. And oh, by the way, what was also revealed on the 24th of September was the fact that we have visual images of three different human beings deleting information from computers right before they knew that those subpoenas had to be answered. So all of this information now is in the hands of the Arizona Attorney General to do the right thing. I want him to start making arrests. I want him to do perp walks. But in the meantime, people need to understand one basic analogy. Your elderly friend would do well to hear this. If you have a thousand one dollar bills and you count them, you're going to get a thousand one dollar bills. If you recount them, it'll be $1,001 bills. If 400 of them are counterfeit, you're still going to get 1,000. That's why this whole notion of it was recounted and Biden won is so ludicrous. It's the process we're looking at. This is a stolen election. There is also the fundamental component of the canvas. We couldn't do a canvas, but a very bright, group of people in Arizona, Liz Harris, Seth Keschel, and so forth, did a canvas of a few precincts in Maricopa County and found 200,000 ballots in question. What does that mean? That's a team that goes door to door to see if who is voting from that house is a legitimate voter. And time after time, they would go to a home or say, for example, two people vote from that home, but it shows 12 people voting from that home, and the two people who live there have never heard of the other 12 people. Or you'll go to an empty lot where there might be 120 people who voted from that empty lot, which is impossible. So this is what has been occurring decade after decade since we think 1988 in predominantly urban areas. The books have been cooked, pre-cheating 
has been the order of the day. And so what you have is two components of the truth. Just like in the Bible, you have the four Gospels that tell the truth, and they <laughs> combine to tell you the whole story, all of which is the truth, which is to say you have the canvas and you have the count, the canvas and the audit, if you will. And together, they conspire to a grossly stolen election, especially so in five or six key areas which flipped the Electoral College. And if you say to me, well, who was behind it and how was it carried out? I would say to you, it has been death by a thousand cuts. It has been complacency, ineptitude, sloppiness down at the polling, the election polling location level. It's been a higher up uh, cheat at the county level, likely with the machines. And then at even a higher level, who knows? But we have had years and years of this accumulating. And now we have what has been a stolen election. And where have I been as one sole uh, senator? I already called for decertification, which means if my 15 majority state Senate colleagues agree with me, decertification means recalling the electors because what it is saying is what we turned into the federal government in January, we now know was inaccurate. To decertify, you don't need a 100% smoking gun, irrefutable set of proof. No, you need reasonable belief that inaccuracies occurred and now we can't count on what we did send in in January as certified. So the long story short here at the mm -hmm. end is I have done two things that I want all of you listeners and viewers out there to do. I want you first as an individual to go to my website, wendyrogers.org. That's Wendy like the hamburgers, W-E-N-D-Y, Rogers like Mr. Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, Dot org, wendyrogers.org, and on the landing page, you'll see a link in the upper right corner. <coughs> I want you to click on that link and sign to decertify the presidential election of 2020. You as an individual need to go down in history as an American signing to decertify the presidential election of 2020, and you'll be joining 1.2 million signers thus far on wendyrogers.org. It's huge. It's a symbolic national petition. It is a hue and a cry to the rest of America to say, I believe this was stolen. And secondly, in your state, I know you know state representatives and state senators, and in some states they're called delegates, like in Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland. You need to find a handful of these state legislators who understand what the restoration of election integrity is. And I want strong state representatives, state senators, state delegates to sign my 
audit all 50 states letter. We've already had nearly 200 now state legislators from around the country sign this letter to say that if corruption is found in their state, they want to decertify. So the way you do this is you get three or four of these individuals in mind, you info them on an email you send me. You send it to team, T-E-A-M, at wendyrogers.org. Again, team, T-E-A-M, at wendyrogers.org. You send me an email and you say, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. And I have these four or five state legislators who are courtesy copied on this email, who have said that they are all about restoring election integrity. And I want them to sign your letter, Senator Rogers. And then they need to follow up with me, Senator Wendy Rogers, to say, yes, Wendy, I'm on board. Don't send me wishy-washy state legislators. Send me strong, resolute, tenacious, understanding legislators who understand that the U.S. Constitution endowed us, the state legislatures, with the oversight of the U.S. presidential election. <laughs> Our founding fathers were very, very wise in putting this into the U.S. Constitution because we are closest to the people. And so that is why this is so important. Number one, as an individual, you go to wendyrogers.org and you sign the petition to decertify the 2020 presidential election. And secondly, you tee up and email me names of stalwart state legislators who will sign my audit 50 states letter, which is at wendyrogers.org. So Senator Rogers, on the states that you're trying to get people at the state senators and house members, those are even states where Trump won and there's no yes. question that he won. You still want them. Yes, you know why, Debbie? Because those urban areas of those states, great point. Missouri, Oklahoma, for example, where both of which I've visited recently, they had huge amounts of corruption in their urban areas. St. Louis in Missouri and in Oklahoma, Tulsa and Oklahoma City horrible amounts of corruption. And this is what the left does. They try to spin the narrative that a state is turning purple. And so every two years they cheat more and more insidiously. And so at the end of the process, you think, oh gosh, my state's turning purple. No, it's not true. Arizona is not purple. I can tell you that. But they make it appear as though that is happening, which blows the wind out of our sails, makes us uh, not participate. If you're watching from Virginia, I am worried for you. I am very worried about the corruption in Virginia. You need to turn out in droves more than what they can cheat and steal from you. Look what happened in California with the so-called recall election of the governor. That was completely stolen. You saw the figures change before your eyes on TV with Lancaster County, California. We cannot let this continue to happen. Stolen elections have far worse 
consequences. When someone says elections have consequences, stolen elections now have had all of these consequences. With the invasion at the southern border, with the vaccine mandates, with the mask mandates, our freedoms are being stolen by the day. I have family members fighting for their job. If you are fighting for your job because you want to put in a religious or a medical exemption against the shot, you need to go to wendyrogers.org to the resources tab where I have attorneys who will fight for you. Do not do this on your own. Do not fill these applications out on your own. There are certain buzzwords and catchphrases which will work and you need to get hold of those. This is an overarching overtake of our country day by day. It is creeping and if you want to stand up for freedom, now is the time. I have people coming up to me from all over wherever I go saying I was never plugged in till now. It is, it's scary. Yeah, it is scary. I'm gonna jump in and say a whole bunch of things. I'm First of all, I'm so glad you laid out uh, all that you just did. I wanna go back to a couple of points. Uh, number one, for people who are have, have friends, like my happy friend at, um, at the uh, Starbucks, my husband and I were talking to, there are some people who are never going to listen to the truth right. and, and they aren't going to be, they don't really care what evidence you could, you could show them the video of the uh, of ballots being changed, they wouldn't believe it. But there are the vast majority of Americans who want truth. I mean, the average voter on both sides of the aisle, they do not want to have fraudulent elections. Everybody, both sides of the aisle, every state needs to be focused on the fact that the 2020 election was rife with fraud. Not a little pocket here or a few more dead people than usual voted there. And what and, and in particular in Arizona, when you hear people say, well, they did the audit and look, you know, the auditor said, you know, nothing changed. I cannot urge you strongly enough. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org. And on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. I've linked you to the Cyber Ninjas, which is the was um, understanding you're saying well, they weren't the only ones, but they were among the key auditors of the Arizona election. They actually, because their report about all of the corrupt ballots they found, they turned it in and immediately the people who want to ignore election fraud, who want to just move past and stop talking about it, uh, immediately those people started to say, see, see, even Cyber Ninjas found, there's absolutely nothing wrong. So Cyber Ninjas issued a response, a substantive response to the Maricopa County lies. That's what it's called response to the Maricopa County lies. And they basically set out, here are all of the anomalies, here are all of the fraudulent votes, the, the evidence of, of a deeply corrupt election that we found. Because this, again, when the left owns a narrative and the left owns the headlines and the left tells you what is true, you end up where you don't have, uh, you have too many citizens unaware and thinking that the audit showed that after all, just like we said in the beginning, Biden won. Uh, I wrote down some of your numbers, uh, Senator Rogers. I couldn't write down all of them. But remember, in Arizona, the alleged count of Biden winning was uh, a little over 10,000, uh, well under 11,000 votes. If you have 50 to 60,000 votes, 50 to 60,000 votes corrupted, that changes everything, just that. 
and the detail that's in this report and, the, and in the original report by the cyber ninjas is really important to understand because the leftists hope, the Democrats hope, is that we just get bowled over and silenced and mocked and ridiculed and, and just can't and just can't make it happen. So, I But cannot- your podcast is essential with everybody else's to shine the light of truth on what is happening. <clears throat> and it's moving the needle, Debbie. You are brave because it is you and others like you who keep the First Amendment alive. And so it's my charge in life to keep going on shows and exposing the truth as you are doing. And it's working because Rasmussen polling showed recently that it's greater than 50%. I think it's up to 60% I heard at a conference uh, this weekend. 60% now, I believe, of Americans know that there was something very wrong with the election of 2020. And so it is seeping into the consciousness. And eventually, if it seeps into your friend's brain, great. Otherwise, you're right. There's only one word for somebody who refuses to see the truth. Next. (laughs) That's how I handle it. I I don't let it, I don't take it personally. I just don't waste my time because I, on the other hand, spent an hour with a couple from Colorado. Uh, Yesterday evening, we were at a conference. Uh, We were seeing family friends. And so I was at this uh, hotel room, if you will, in Las Vegas. And this this couple, they were there for a racquetball tournament from Colorado and uh, friends of our family friends. And so family friends stepped out to take the kids somewhere and we got to talking. And so he, the dad, just innocently started asking me these kinds of questions. And he said, but this is what I'm hearing. Who do I believe? And a half hour later, he was absolutely awestruck by what I told him. (laughs) And then his mom, or rather his wife's mom, uh, actually had heard of me because his wife was texting, I'm, we're with Wendy Rogers from Arizona. And they said, oh, we watch her, we follow her, which speaks to the other half of what I wanted to say just now, which is all of these podcasters, you and all the other brave ones who are keeping our First Amendment alive with true investigative journalism, we all add up to more than the followership of Fox News, don't you know? And that is something that proves there are more of us than there are of them. So that should give you heart. That should mean- tell you to push back and double down, which is what I do. Love pushback, love double down. I meant to mention you were talking a minute ago. We had Liz Harris, uh, the one who engaged in the door-to-door, the actual canvassing in Arizona. I don't know when that was, four or five weeks ago on the show. And she was running through what they did. It's just astonishing that if the election had been stolen the other way, and it was really, really clear uh, that Trump got, you know, was declared the winner, but Biden was really the winner, all of these reports, all this canvassing, all this auditing, everything Cyber Ninjas, it would be front and center. We wouldn't be able to see uh, anything except that story. But because that was orchestrated so that the Biden team got inaugurated on the 20th, even though they didn't win, every media outlet out there is trying to repress, silence, mock, ridicule, put down, shut down anyone anyone who challenges a narrative. In fact, the, the Biden administration itself is trying to. So 
Well, uh, Senator Rogers, right back to you on being brave. I mean, you are you're known among the leaders in Arizona, just not going to take uh, the ridicule, not going to submit to the ridicule of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, not going to shut up, not going to stand down. I love your efforts to get people to sign on individually for the notion um, to have to decertify the 2020 election, for people to find legislators in their own states who will sign on back up. There needs to be uh, going forward in every state a canvassing after every election. Yes. And, yes. but, but, but the whole notion of this fixed 2020, the, the slogan fixed 2020, people, I'm even on, on the conservative side of the aisle, who are fully aware that Trump won, fully aware the election was stolen, many of them are backing down saying, well, you know, I don't want to be, I mean, the media is telling us to be quiet. Well, then they need to be primaried. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're not kidding. Anybody who doesn't sign on, who keeps his uh, head in the sand... <laughs> who thinks that he or she wants to move forward is simply deluded, lazy, or completely uh, unpatriotic. And in either case, any one of those situations, I don't want someone like that representing me. So Absolutely. that person needs Absolutely. to be primaried. And I have been uh, <laughs> very uh, disciplined in who I've endorsed. I've endorsed a number of national candidates running for US Senate and U.S. House, and they have to be viable financially, have 100,000 cash on hand because you can't win unless you can buy rocket fuel to get your message out. They have to be MAGA candidates. They have to be audit, calling for audits in their states, <coughs> and they have to be unflinching about it. And so I've, I've endorsed Josh Mandel in Ohio, Jackson Lawmeyer in Oklahoma, Eric Greitens in Missouri, all fine candidates for U.S. Senate, for example. And so I, these are people who have put their best foot forward. I've done rallies with them. And I just rolled out some endorsements today, as a matter of fact, as well. And so this is so essential. This is a, a reawakening, a revival across our country, Debbie, where you and I uh, met one another. Yep. And people need to understand that you should team up coalesce. I, I just got called by an attorney this morning from Southern California, uh, Christopher Marston, who's a great American who has his own uh, nonprofit, Southern California. And I said, do you know Miss Lee Dundas, oh. <laughs> attorney from Love Southern her. California? And he said, no. Well, guess what, Debbie? They know each other now because Wendy yeah. connected them. And they're both firecrackers. They're both powerhouses and now they're teaming up and now yeah. more people will be represented and defended uh pushing back against the vaccine mandates for example and then lee texted me back and said wow that was great that you connected us i didn't know about him and he didn't know about her so by you and me debbie going to tulsa and meeting and me meeting lee dundas there and then I can connect her to him. So oh, these know. are wonderful things. And we need to capitalize on them and grow synergistically because that's how we move the needle day by day. This, I am known to say, this is not a Christmas Eve, Christmas morning scenario. You are not going to go to bed tonight and wake up with presents under the tree. This is a uh, day by day, inch by inch battle 
to move the football down the field. I don't know how it's going to end up, but I am fighting hard every day to move and advance our cause, the November 3rd movement, as it were. And all of you need to do the same thing. Uh, Senator Rogers, I could not agree more. And I th the, uh, you have not had the occasion to, to listen to my show in the past. My message so regularly, so often, absolutely, the people who understand what to happen in November 2020 cannot sit idly by and just say, well, don't worry, we'll get them in 2022, we'll get them in 2024. There won't be any fair elections again until everything that occurred is ferreted out, exposed. And I thank you so much for fighting, for standing up, for being a leader in this movement. Uh, as I wrote down when you were speaking, wendyrogers.org. People can go to wendyrogers.org, fill on, sign on, uh, sign on to say you agree that the 2020 election should be decertified. I, I mean, they're just, and then actually you're also looking for state reps and senators, the handful who will actually join the fight in their state. So thank you for all your organizing, yes. galvanizing, and also again for our listeners, uh, the Cyber Ninja response, Maricopa County lies. You didn't even know I was, t for our listeners, I was telling Senator Rogers before we came on that President Trump came out today and said thank you so very much Senator Rogers for putting this out because so many people got duped by the headlines and by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisor type people into thinking that the cyber ninjas found everything was just fine in Arizona and they didn't find anything of the sort they found they found election outcome changing fraud Senator Rogers yes thank you. and more more will come uh, from the Arizona Attorney General and I'm keeping the pressure on him uh, sometimes to the dismay of some around me, but I don't care. I want perp walks. I want arrests. I'm not mm -hmm. waiting six months for that. We have enough data points uh, for him to move forward on that. And so I'm keeping the pressure on him, everyone. <laughs> you go. Senator Wendy Rogers, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you, Debbie. God bless America. God bless America. Great to see you. Okay, folks, I'm going to hit one other story today. But what she's doing, these are things more than just grumbling at the dinner table and agreeing with your friends. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. The election was stolen. This is getting in the fight and doing something. She's been remarkable and she continues in this fight. And actually just debunking the myth that the cyber ninja and the whole audit in Arizona came out with no evidence of fraud. It came out with massive election changing outcome fraud. That's what they discovered. Okay, one more story I wanna to hit today uh, and I'm going to get to it in just a moment. But Ziggy, uh, my new producer, um, I sent him some things yesterday that are from my pillow. I'm going to tell you very briefly where I met Senator Rogers was an event in Tulsa, Oklahoma for podcasters and for people in the fight to save this country, maybe 30 or so podcasters. They had in the room also businesses who are willing to help podcasters stay on air by help by offering deals basically where these businesses say the podcasters we sell their their product we get a small cut of your purchase they give people a discount so there was a smaller the smallest one of the memes i sent you mr becker in there um yeah you see this one you go to mypillow.com the only thing wrong with this one is it doesn't say mypillow.com but go to mypillow.com and you can pick among their incredibly wonderful projects. We own their pillows. We own a bedspread. We own their robes, bathrobes. We have their slippers and we have their towels. 
all absolutely premier level. Actually, put it up one more time. I've been talking too long, but put that back up a second. So when you go to MyPillow.com, you see in the bottom right it says use promo code Debbie G. Go there. You get up to 66% off, up to 66% off on the prices of their items. Depends which items you're purchasing, but they have lots of other items I haven't tried yet. But put in Debbie G, place your order. I get a small percentage. You get a discount. And everyone who's trying to stand up for America is blessed by this. There's one other one. Yeah, yeah, actually, you had the other one up you were going to put up there, Mr. Becker? Okay, yeah. That, just so you know, you see, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Again, save up to 66% off. Order Christmas gifts. Order your whole family new bathrobes and slippers or great Christmas gifts. Use promo code DebbieG. Go for it. Want to make that plug. And now hit my last quick topic for the day. I remember in law school, I remember this discussion in law school about the Fourth Amendment. So the United States Constitution, you know, has a Bill of Rights and the Fourth Amendment basically says the right of the people to be secure in their homes, house, excuse me, in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And no warrants, as in search warrants, shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. You know, when you see television shows and they have, you know, the police at the door, I'm not coming, I'm going to search your house. And a person says, you know, you have a search warrant. No, we don't. Well, then get out of here. You can't come in. The Constitution is designed to protect the privacy of individuals in their persons, in their homes, in their property, in their papers, in their private life. Our Democrat majority in Congress floated the idea of putting into either the infrastructure bill or the um, spending bill, the idea that the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, can demand that banks give the IRS information about any customer, any customer who's got $600 or more in their account. Now, bear in mind, these are people who sign off on trillions of dollars of spending without even reading the bills, but they are trying, the Democrat majority in Washington is trying to put through law that will compel your bank, your bank, to report to the IRS everything about your bank account. You know, where you spent your money, where your, what income you had coming in, Who'd you write checks to? You know, what, what withdrawals did you make? And it is a, to use the very common legal expression, a fishing expedition. It is, and very much so acknowledged by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. It's the hope that if they snoop around in people's bank accounts, they might find some evidence of expenditure, some evidence of illegal activity, some evidence of you know, not paying sufficient taxes on certain amounts of money. And so since that $600 threshold, you know, a lot of people were, were caught up in that. Now, because there was so much pressure against them, the Democrats are saying, oh, okay, not 600000 $10,000. Now, you know, $10,000. So again, if you have $10,000 in your bank, they are trying to pass a law that says the banks must give the IRS all your banking information you don't need the, the permission of the person holding the account. You don't need anyone's permission. 
the IRS is go would be emboldened, would be empowered by this move to get all your banking information. You may not even know it. And all of a sudden, the bank's saying, hey, you know, you wrote a check last month for uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't you think that was an uh, inappropriate tax deduction? I mean, this is a search. This is a illegal in violation of the Fourth Amendment's privacy it's a search and seizure because there's no requirement in this new idea they have of probable cause, of, of any suspicion of you done something wrong, of any suspicion that you might be hiding money, you might not be paying all your taxes. That's Pelosi's excuse. Well, we might find people who aren't paying all their taxes. That is no different than the police going door to door and saying, you know what, actually, you might have drugs in your house, illegal drugs. You might have contraband. You might have some things that aren't allowed. So we're just going to come in and search and just see if you, and then, you know, if you don't have anything to hide, what do you care? And what the Democrats are telling you is that they're willing to turn America into a police state. This is police state conduct, exactly the kind of conduct the Fourth Amendment was written into the Constitution to protect against. This is the government saying it's no different than the government saying, you know what, actually, we're sick of this stupid search warrant requirement. We're sick of this whole probable cause standard. Forget about it. We're just sending people into the, the police, into neighborhoods, you know, to harass people we don't like. We don't have any probable cause. We don't have any suspicion of illegal activity. We're sending them in, and you, you have to let them search your home because we passed a law saying you have to let them search. Now, the defenders of this would say, well, they're not really searching your home. And they're not really searching your, you know, uh, your residence or your private property. They're just getting information from your bank. People, if we don't stand up against this now, you're telling the government it's okay. You're telling the Democrat Party, we're down with the idea of you creating a police state. Because once you cross this line, if they can just begin to search your stuff, your property, the money in the bank is your property, if you're going to tell the government, yeah, yeah, go ahead, because you're convinced by the argument, well, I, don't, I always pay all my taxes, what do I care? It's crossing the line to saying that government can engage in searches of your seizure, searches of your property, invasion of your privacy with no justification whatsoever on a fishing expedition of maybe finding some proof of some form of tax evasion or questionable tax accounting and then come after you. This is outrageous. And the idea that Democrats are saying, well, okay, okay, you know, maybe not 600, but what if you have 10,000? They have no justification for doing this if you have $100 million in your checking account. It doesn't change anything that they move the number from 600 to 10,000. What they're telling you is, we're gonna have a police state, you're going to let us see all your private information, we need no search warrant, we need no probable cause, we're gonna sniff around in your private business and you are gonna let us, because we're passing a law and you have spineless Republicans who won't stand up. This is an outrageous, an outrageous diversion from the entire premise of America that we don't have the government snooping around in your private business. We don't have the government searching your property, seizing your property without probable cause of having committed a crime. And the idea that somehow we're gonna let it go because you know probably won't affect me, you know, I don't have 10,000 in the bank, so what do I care? The principle is the same if you have $1 in the bank 
or $100 trillion in the bank. We cannot let this go. And people in Washington, of all the other things that the, the, the Democrats are doing, this is among the most egregious, and you barely hear a peep out of your elected officials. There should be Republicans locking arms on the steps of the Capitol, House and Senate, screaming to the rooftops that we're not going to let this happen in America. This, my friends, is outrageous. It tells you what the Democrats want, which is a police state. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started out about the Virginia governor's race, school rape, and parents' rights. Obama goes to Virginia to denounce fake outrage. Parents are engaged in fake outrage, don't you know, over a convicted rapist who took advantage of boys being allowed in the girls' bathroom, that kind of insanity. Democrat gubernatorial candidate McAuliffe is on record dismissing, mocking parents' rights to challenge school boards. Virginia Democrats are testing the limits of election theft. Their audacity knows no bounds. Barely any remaining straight-faced argument that Virginians support the Democrat agenda, but lawless distribution of mail-in ballots, <clears throat> omitting Social Security numbers, waiving or ignoring signature authentication requirements proliferates. They just keep it up because they think no one will stop them. They're entitled to cheat because they're entitled to win. This is how Democrats think. Will Virginians accept an election result that feels like an installation of McCullough? I guess we'll all find out next week. On Democrats auditing innocent Americans' bank accounts and why it matters, Democrats are pressing, were pressing for a $600 threshold for wide open IRS monitoring of taxpayer bank accounts with no probable cause, no reason to believe the bank account holder did anything wrong, and now they're saying they may cave to the pressure and raise the threshold to $10,000. This has to be stopped. It has to be called out as a police state tactic now. But the Democrat perspective is radical and freedom altering. Abandons the requirement of probable cause to suspect lawbreaking that justifies search of private records. A government with warrantless search authority over all the people all the time is tyranny exemplified. The people are no longer sovereign and free and entitled to privacy. They are subjects of the government. Americans must wake up to the massive freedom-destroying implications of this Democrat effort. It should be unconscionable in America. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America, because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America?